approximately four miles from here, tucked into the campus of the University of the Incarnate Word, is the San Antonio Spring, also known as the Blue Hole. The headwater of the San Antonio River, the river that flows around us and throughout downtown. This spring is one of four natural springs that flows up from the vast Edwards Aquifer that runs under a large swath of South and Central Texas, giving life and beauty to all that is around us. Originally, the San Antonio Spring came up with such force that it sprayed 20 feet into the air. Can you imagine? It burst from the earth. When the famous landscape architect Frederick Olmsted described it in 1857, he said it this way, the whole river gushes up in one sparkling burst from the earth. The effect is overpowering. It is beyond your possible conceptions of a spring. Everything is bigger in Texas. He didn't say that last part, but we know it's true. <laughs> But today, with many other access points drawing from the aquifer, that place is not as dramatic. It does not shoot up 20 feet in the air anymore. The Coal Wildecan, the original indigenous, indigenous inhabitants of what is San Antonio, called this spring Yanaguana, which means upflowing waters of the spirit. It was actually part of their creation story, the creation of all that is that the waters rose up to bring life to everything. Rivers have flowed through all the places I have lived, the Chehalis, the Eno, the Skagit, and now the San Antonio. It's not an accident. Humans, animals, and plants, all living things need water to live. It draws us in. We gravitate toward it to survive. The spirit is like this, like the Yanaguana, springing up from an aquifer none of us can see that surrounds us with a life force almost unbeknownst, unbeknownst to us that sustains us, nourishes us, and brings life. The discussion of the gifts of the spirit these last few weeks um, make it clear that none of us controls the spirit of God. The Spirit comes forth, unbidden, in gifts that we have not chosen, gifts that have been embedded in each of us, hidden aquifers ready to spring, spring forth into the community. In Jesus, the Spirit burst forth dramatically at his baptism, which, remember, was in the River Jordan, the life-giving waters in the place he was raised. From there, he became the spring, bringing the spirit wherever he went, even in his home church. Our gospel today finds him in his synagogue where he grew up, a place where he ran around and, and got to have coffee hour and all that other fun stuff, a place where he was often the reader as he grew. He felt comfortable there. As I study this week, I thought about what happened last week in worship, where there was kind of confusion about who might read. Uh, things like this happen in the middle of a COVID surge when you're not sure who's going to be able to come to church and who might not. Grumpy, who organizes the readers, was looking around, 
And before he knew it, his granddaughter Alina jumped up into the lectern and did the readings. No one asked her. She did it on her own because she knew this was her space. These were her scriptures to proclaim to her community. This is how comfortable Jesus was in that context. He was one of the kids in the congregation. It was his space, his words, his people. And the aquifer of God's grace, love, and healing sprang up from within him. When he told the congregation that day that the prophecy was fulfilled in their hearing, he was implying something truly provocative. That those on the margins, that those without power or status, would hear good news, that the oppressive dynamics of the dominant culture was not the final word on people, that the grand lottery of were you born in the right place, were you born the right way, were you born to the right family, was not the only way to have hope and a meaningful life. There was another way, God's grace. This, along with the ideas of the year of Jubilee where Debts were released and people were set free from, from the systems that have kept them down and literally set free from prison were insights into the way of Jesus. That, the, that any economy or hierarchy created by humans is not what God adheres to. God does not play by human rules. God does not care about human hierarchies. God is not impressed by human power. Jesus represented a new way, a way more focused on liberation than sustaining the status quo, water in the wilderness, uprising of the spirit. Regardless of how open we would like to think we all are, we all get a little bit set in our ways. I speak, I, me too, we all do, especially when it comes to our religious ideals and rules. Ancient traditions guide the way, but often we just get into these ruts where we assume that things need to look the same for everybody, and the well, well-worn assumptions and predictable cookie-cutter ideas of how people should find God, healing, wholeness, all the way down to how people should worship sometimes disallows us from hearing the prophets and receiving the wellspring of the Spirit. It's one of the reasons why God gives us children. They, in part, are the wellspring among us. And I love that Amelia said, chaos. You know, that's part of what what we do in every generation. God sends these prophets amongst us to shake us up. If we have eyes to see and ears to hear, we know that Jesus' wellspring upended the idea that the same old rules and the same old rubrics apply. He blew them out of the water, as it were. And this does not mean that church um, and the Christianity is just a new Jesus-y set of rules that got put over the old ones 2,000 years ago. Um, No. It means that the way of Jesus in the life of the Spirit is still dynamic and moving, and alive, and that each generation's expression of what it means to follow Jesus is going to be slightly different from the last. And that is a good and beautiful and right thing. 
There are always new and fresh ways to follow, experience, and serve God. We didn't all ride horses to church this morning. <laughs> Everything changes. The water that comes out of the Yanaguana is never the same. It's always fresh, always new to that place. Our spirit wellsprings might not be as dramatic as Jesus's, but they are the same spirit that brings new life continuously. And when joined with the springs from all of our siblings in Christ and the body of Christ, they bring God's change to the world. Our challenge is to allow ourselves to be changed by that same spirit, to love the spirit of God and the forward motion of God's grace more than things that make us comfortable. Generally, we're not ready for the Holy Spirit to spring forth into our midst 20 feet in the air with new life for us. It's inconvenient, to say the least. And yet, there is new life percolating inside each of us, waiting to spring forth and join with all the other springs from all the rest of us. It is creation power, spirit movement that wakes way for new life, for healing, for care, for joy, for hope, for justice, for San Antonio. If we will accept our role as the body of Christ, we will get to embrace this spring, even when, and I would say especially when, it makes us uncomfortable. No adventure ever came from staying put. No new invention was ever birthed without experiment. No ally can be made without the effort of relationship and community. Nothing is built without hard work. The springs of the Spirit are bursting forth in us, in our children, in our community, in those we would rather ignore, in moments of darkness, in times of jubilee, everywhere, all the time. Do not be afraid. Do not resist. Do not double down on what you have always known. Instead, bear witness to the life-giving beauty and then allow yourself to be swept away into the future that God has for us all. Amen.